just oh that was a mistake for amazon i got a new one it's amazing service so thank you so much we need customer service in germany you need to reach out to these people Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Episode 182 of Global from Asia. Happy July 4th, Independence Day of America. And we did a new PR campaign that just came out, uh, partnered up with the agency It's, and we sent out 500 envelopes, red envelopes to Chinese tech companies, 500 of them, with uh, U.S. currency covered over with the Chinese emperors from one U.S. dollar bills to 100 U.S. dollar bills, and it's been all over the all over the internet. So uh, I'll link that up in the show notes so you guys can check out that campaign we did. Uh, it's, it's just uh, to raise awareness, you know, I think China is taking over U.S., the U.S., uh, I think we all know that, and other parts of the world. And that's what Global From Asia is actually about, is sharing this news and sharing what's happening here in Asia and China business for, for global business owners. Anybody that, well, of course, it's English language, but anybody that wants to listen and learn and make a better life for themselves is, is able to. That's just the way the world is today. And whether we agree with it or not, uh, it's a reality. Also, some other announcements. We are doing so many events. I'm here in Vietnam right now. And <laughs> uh, the weekend met uh, John Cavendish, which was one of our popular Amazon Europe podcasts. Actually, today we're talking about Amazon Europe, uh, Germany specifically, talking about some having him come over to China for some events. We did a meetup here as well. for. Uh, we're going to try to do monthly meetups in Saigon. Uh, next one, July 27th here. We're expanding to Shanghai, tai, uh, Taipei, Hong Kong, RISE Conference. going to have a meetup July 12th, one in Shenzhen July 13th. So we're, we're talking about Miami, got Claudia and, and many others there interested in do some something in Miami and also the country Colombia for a free trade zone there. Just tons of amazing things. We're really trying to take this community and this Global From Asia movement to the next level. So if you're interested to organize Global From Asia events in your city, I'd love to talk to you. And we are making standard contracts and we're kind of franchising this out, making win-win deals with chapter leaders and it's a great chance for you guys, I hope. And if, if you like what we're doing and want to get more involved, reach out. Okay, and now for this week's show, we have Nadine. She's in Germany. She's a local German citizen, and she gives us some insights and differences about selling in Amazon Germany. And she does a customer service company there to help you out and talks about launching your products there and some other interesting tips. We also have Chris Davey on at the end asking some questions. We had a live recording and he, he popped in. So this is like a new thing for GFA VIP members. So we do have a private paid membership. So another way you can support us is becoming a paying member. And with that, we're going to start to have people be able to dial into these podcast interviews live and ask questions, interact with the guests, just trying to find more ways, of course, to support this show and engage with you guys and make things more fun. So that'll be at the end too. So thank you guys and have a great day. Have a great July 4th. You're American and Independence Day. Okay, thank you everybody for tuning in to another Global From Asia podcast. We have with us my friend Danny McMillan, a mutual friend of ours, connected us. And this is Nadine Eich, and she's from Anita Services. So thank you so much for being here, Nadine. Thank you, Mike. I'm really excited to be on this podcast as well. 
Sure, sure. We we've been preparing for it, often with my crazy kids and family in the background. So uh, you get the real time, real time story here of, of a of a busy new father. So where it it's an interesting topic. We I, when we were preparing for the show, we were talking about. Uh, you know, a lot of people are interested in Europe. We had a, a previous guest, uh, John Cavendish, uh, sharing about the second gold rush is what we called it, Amazon Europe. And so I think this is a great uh, a show, which is talking about some differences with selling into the Amazon German market, as well as differences in cultures and different styles. Because with you and your company, Anita, you deal with customer service, right? In both German and in English for the German market and international markets. So maybe before we dive into the technical stuff, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit more, Nadine? Sure. So my name, as you said, is Nadine. I'm from Germany and um, I've been working at international online shops for the past, I think, six or seven years now. And I began there during my studies of psychology and then I became a freelancer and a head of customer support at another international, um, yeah, like a Swiss. It was, it was international, but a Swiss online shop, which was fun. And then I kind of ran into an Amazon seller and he said he needed customer support because he couldn't handle it anymore. And we got to talking and stuff. And then we decided to do this together. And like six months in, I founded Inida, with a few uh, virtual assistants that we call Inidas today. Mm -hmm. So it's not like virtual assistants. So they're very specialized in customer support and how to meet the needs of these people and uh, like the customers. And we are 12 freelancers now with me 13 and we're growing every, every month for like one or two or three people. And yeah, so we're specializing in e-commerce customer support in Europe and are very you know, passionate about making customers and clients happy. That's the whole thing. We just want good vibes. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Congratulations on your, on your growth and, and success and your growing Anita family. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. So we're, so we're talking today basically about cultural differences and people listen to my show sometimes joke that I make fun of myself too much because I, I, I kind of call myself a stupid American. You know, we have a bad name around the world for not being so culturally sensitive. So I'll try my best not to be too offensive. But, you know, <laughs> even within Germany and other parts of Europe, of course, there's different languages. Uh, of course, uh, there's not... As, I, I remember my first trip, uh, to, I went to Italy for uh, high school in the 98 uh, for a couple of weeks and uh, it was a lot different then different currencies you know co- a lot more complex I mean it's getting s- more and more simple now with uh, with the currencies but uh, there's still tons of differences in uh, in cultures so maybe of course that could be a book in itself but some high level ideas of how people can look at cultural differences uh, maybe when they're thinking about German market versus the European market as a whole? Okay. So um, I would say, you know, Germany is the second largest, obviously, marketplace um, when it comes to you, to Amazon. So we have a lot of sales going on here and then the rest of the, and, and then the UK, obviously, and then the rest of the other things that, you know, they 
they are there. <laughs> Let's just call it that, you know, because in uh, like the Italian and Spanish marketplaces, it's it's still really tough to sell products, I, I think, because most people don't buy online. And Germany is very different. We all buy online. My parents buy online. And if my grandmother knew what e-commerce is, she would do the same. But um, <laughs> so we, we really are a very a cult culture very keen to buying stuff online but also we're very picky and serious um, mm -hmm. i know it's uh it is a common kind of um yeah i think people think that we're very serious and we don't have a lot of humor and yeah. very on time yeah we are <laughs> yeah i feel i yeah i'm nodding my head here yeah and it is not just something people say it's actually that way so when uh, you know a, a typo or something in english doesn't really matter in german it does especially when it's a lot of typos and a lot of grammatical like grammar issues and stuff like that we we get i don't know it's it's more like if somebody doesn't speak flawless german we're just like okay okay why are you trying, trying to talk to me basically <laughs> and uh, and then if you're lucky enough you can talk to them in english but then they're just like oh geez this is going to be very exhausting you know i don't speak that well and not a lot of people speak good english here uh, so it's a pain <laughs> so when i talk to uh, customers from the u.s and they're just like why should i even bother i'm just like, okay if you translate your listings and you have a good customer service, you're good to go. Otherwise, we will just ignore you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I I have a confession. Uh, I'm not currently actively selling on online, uh, but I, I had been doing eight years. Um, I, I exited probably too early because it's booming now. But regardless, I, I entered a European market with my bar supplies and uh, I had no idea what Germany. I bought a .de domain. I Amazon wasn't there yet. This is like 2009, 2008, I think. I don't know. Maybe Amazon was there, but we didn't list there. But yeah, I was really honestly using Google Translate to talk to people. And uh, I don't know if that was... We didn't have so many customers, but uh, yeah, I don't know how much they appreciated that. But yeah, yeah. I... I I do feel like I agree with you with my limited experience. Uh, I have German friends, especially being in China. You have people from all around the world coming here, and yeah, I definitely think Germans seem less, uh, yeah, less flexible, right? Like it has to be on time. It has to be what it says is, and quality must must be good, right? They can't probably have much patience for lower quality. Or am I? Yeah, I think you're. Yeah, you're right. I just always. Uh, you said similarly that, you know, when in Germany, the bus isn't coming on time, you know, it doesn't get there on time. We complain. And in other, you know, countries, they're just like, oh, well, at least there is a bus coming at some point. But we're just like, no, it's like two minutes late. And then we roll our eyes and we have the whole kind of Deutsche Bahn thing, like mm -hmm. the train system in Germany. And that's terrible because everybody makes fun of it that it's always, you know, um, running late. but. Um, yeah, Google Translate. I, I think you could still do that like in Spain and Italy and stuff, and they're not that cranky. French is pretty cranky as well, I think. But mm. Germans, yeah, they don't take you seriously then. It's just like, for example, if Chinese, I feel like a lot of Chinese producers, they're moving over to to the European market and yep. just trying to sell their stuff online. Yep. And that's a 
you know, a good move, but we won't buy it if there are like tons of mistakes in the listing because then it's low quality. Mm, makes sense. That's what we think. Yeah. So going to the listing, I think it's also related to the culture, but I know Americans are known for marketing or, you know, basically getting people excited about a product, you know, making huge claims about how great it is. I've heard from my European friends, I'm not sure about specifically in Germany, but they always kind of complain a little bit about Americans saying how amazing and great a product is in their in their description when, when it's just a normal product. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you know what I'm trying to talk about, but, you know, like Americans, we say like the best or the fastest or, you know, save this by X percent. You know, I think we like to kind of leverage and, and uh, expand as much as we can, like whatever advantage we can potentially say. And I think the culture is a little bit different. So besides just the translation of the listing, is there any other strategies for like good listing copywriting or differences that you would think of? Mm, I am not really sure. So I would go the same way, but turn it down a notch, you know, just emphasize the advantages of the product in contrast to the ones of the competition. And uh, stick to the facts because in, in Germany, obviously, um, like we have like a horde of lawyers. And when you say something that's not true, especially with, you know, health claims and stuff like that, you can get in trouble. But if you, if you sell a garlic press, for example, and you make claims that are not 100% correct, then um, customers, I don't know, they don't really appreciate that. They believe what's in the listing. And if it's not 100% accurate, they, uh, yeah, they leave bad reviews. So just stick to the facts, make it simple, but also point out the advantages and just do your keyword research and you'll be fine. I don't think you need the entire marketing point that much in Germany. Got it. So yeah, just, just be real, I think, is my yeah. summary, right? Like, no, don't don't push the envelope too much. So does it... Maybe we'll talk about specifically, you mentioned Chinese sellers, but let's maybe just speak generally, like, is there just kind of like buy local pride? Like in America, there's more and more like made in the USA and they're trying to like make people feel buy American. At the same time, of course, people like German cars in America, even in China, because German is known for quality. Is there things like that in, in the German market, like American or Chinese or, or anywhere? Is it like cool to buy globally international brands or is it better to buy local brands or local made goods? I think it really depends. So if you have like a good brand and you've made your way into Germany, then it doesn't really matter where it's coming from. But in general, obviously, just like, you know, in the U.S., it's just like, okay, made in Germany, that sounds better than made in China. But if you um, don't really emphasize it, and especially in the listing or in the product itself, like the, the packaging and everything, you, you have good copy and you say it's, you know, we're really focused on quality and nobody will like it less you know what i mean mm. it's just it's so common that things are made in china and if you keep an eye on the quality that's fine got it so even if it's made in china like there's not that negative kind of like made in china might not be the best brand name but i guess everything like you said i mean in america too or globally i mean everything seems to be made in china so you would say the same 
like I guess uh, I guess I have two parts of this question. Uh, it's kind of two questions, but like like uh, Hagen Das is that a German name or is that Swiss or something? It's ice cream. You have you heard of that one before? Hagen Das. Uh, yeah, but I think that's like Swedish or something. Honestly, <laughs> I've, I'm pretty sure it's American brand. Okay. It's, it's by some smart Americans that uh, made it sound like fancy Euro- European um, yeah. to sell for a higher price. And it's so popular in China. Like, it's crazy. Cause, um, and uh, there's other examples like Croissant de France is in China. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a chain of coffee and croissant donuts, or not really donuts, but like, you know, bread shop. But it's a Taiwanese-owned uh, brand. So. <laughs> nice. They strategically kind of use the French branding or feel, but it's not at all connected to France. And there's others I could think of too. But in in Germany is some, I guess. I mean, people are people anywhere. So I guess, of course, if if there's a certain type of product, they might think it's better if it's like American or if it's uh, French or if it's. I guess that's maybe similar, like anywhere. I mean, I'm, I'm just wondering if there's something that sticks out to you or. or to, I think it's the same. It's completely yeah. the same. It's all branding. It's all branding. I mean, yeah. come on, Apple. Look at it. <laughs> yeah, Apple. Yeah. Cool. So this is interesting. And then, so then I would have thought my feeling is uh, Germans might be less open to made in China. Like, but they don't, would you think they're scrolling through the listing? I guess it is made in China, but it's the listing is in good German they'll buy it even if it's a Chinese seller or do they know or care it's a Chinese seller or a non-German seller, maybe even American seller. They don't seem to look or care. Do it the way the customer won't even notice, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, because that's the best way, especially with like the French brand, you said like the the whole marketing thing. If you have a good copy and you um, ship your stuff over to Germany instead of, you know, leaving it in China and then it arrives like five weeks later, then customers obviously are going to be pissed because they think, you know, it's Amazon, I'm going to get it tomorrow. And um, I think this is the main problem because if you, if you want to go to Germany, be serious about it, you mm-hmm. know, um, because we can be really cruel. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it's, but it's not that bad if you just stock your stuff here. You have good copy of people reply every day and very nicely and um, take care of the, the customer when they have a problem or something and there's no dead end, then Great. you're good. Got it. So would you say, you said product in Germany. So do you think you can get away with like shipping from another another part of Europe or, or should it should it be in Germany or is there a strategy there for most, um, most sellers who start in Europe, they go to the UK and then they ship their things over, which is still fine. Um, it's just not fine if you're shipping it over from China because. Mm, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So getting into the cracking the German market, of course we talked about copywriting and maybe not, not pushing the envelope too much in, in your promises of the product. Is there anything that you can think of that would be special in Germany for kind of getting into the marketplace? Well, we have one issue here. We are not allowed to send out any follow-up emails to customers. We Well, I say that's like the legal side and the mm. Amazon side. Don't send any follow-up emails. But honestly, from my experience, everybody does it. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, but then then the next thing, <laughs> if you do it and you, for example, I had one US customer and he said, I sent out like 30 emails and only there's only one reply. Well, I'm not even sure if there was any reply. And he said, what did you do? You know, did you not do it correctly? What the hell did you do? I'm just like, that's normal. Unfortunately, we're not like Americans. Yeah. Americans, you know, when I work, I, I still work at an American um, company and the customers are going crazy, you know, from one, one week to another, there are like 50 more reviews and they're just like, Oh, that's amazing. In Germany, you have to walk behind them and be like, Hey, <laughs> I'm still here. And it would be nice if you could leave a review. True. And yeah. Well, we do have platforms like AMZ stars or um, club der Produkttester. That's what we call it that you you can hire to get reviews, even though I know Amazon Toss, I know that, but mm. they have like a workaround. And um, so that's what the most people do when they launch. Uh, Amazon Stars and the second one, I'm not even going to try to, or is that the <laughs> same one? No. <laughs> club is like club, right? Club der Produkttester. So cool, club the uh, product testers. That's what it's, you know, Wow. Uh, maybe we can put that in the show notes or, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll ask you for that. I don't know if, we can, if you want to spell it out, but maybe if you can come <laughs> to the website to, to, to find it. All right. So that's great. Thank you for those tips. Yeah. I, I think I've heard the same with feedback in Europe, but then again, it's also less competitive because nobody has, not as many people have reviews. So you mm-hmm. don't need maybe as many as in the U.S. to get a booster or, or get found, which is You awesome. need about, I think, 20 or 30 and you're good. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Because uh, we, I've been browsing over .com and just like, what the hell? You know, there's yeah. so many reviews. What is going on? And here it's very casual. Like sometimes they have like 20 and the big, the big guys have like 190 or something. And there are these, some, some kind of sellers who have much more than that, but that's very, you know, that's not average kind of sellers. Got it. Okay. This is great. Yeah. I think that's why people see the opportunity in Europe. It's, it's, there's still some, some room for, for new newcomers. And then your specialty now is customer service. Uh, you also do English, but of course, I'm sure a lot of listeners are interested in, as they're growing in the in the European market, and maybe they don't have native German speakers. Um, first, I mean, is is there any difference on how you suggest to respond to customer support in German German to the Western world, like with with uh, returns or 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 ways of approaching customers? Mm, no, I think it's basically the same, just in German, obviously. And it is being, you know, very nice and gestures of goodwill are um, more, more or less expected. So instead of, I, you know, me as a customer service person, instead of asking the customer to... Um, go to Amazon to send back the product if you can't need it, you know, don't need it anyway if they send it back. Then just go and be like, okay, I'll refund you the money and so sorry about that or whatever. I'm sorry you didn't like it. And just be proactive 
this is what I always tell my people. You have to be proactive. Don't let the customer do the job for you. Search for the name, you know, search for the order number in the Amazon Seller Central before you ask for them. And, um, you know, it's, it's just the same. Okay, got it. Yeah. So it, this is sounding good for, I think, a lot of a lot of sellers. And so, yeah, your firm, like we mentioned, does Amazon English International as well as German. So I'm just thinking of data here. Is there more returns, you think, on one side or the other, if you have that data or, or if you can tell? I'm just wondering if you see any trends with, like, consumer behavior. I think... I think it's it's probably the same. There are people who are very keen to sending back stuff, and um, there is obviously the the more like there's more risk for bad reviews. I have to tell you that because Germans complain. You know, instead mm. of leaving good reviews, they complain. But the good the good part of this uh, you know message is now that once they leave a bad review, you can reach out to them. And we have tools in Germany that can find the, um, the order number of that person that left a bad review. And so we will reach out to them privately wow. and tell them, you know, look, I can help you with this. Don't worry, I just sent you a new product. For example, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, one of my um, not yet customers who still keeps in touch with me, he called me to say, oh, no. Uh, Nadine, there's a customer who got like a used product from Amazon. This is not my fault. And they just sent it. What am I going to do? Left bad review. Said, okay, first off, you, you reply openly, you know, in, in public. And then you search for the order number. You tell them, okay, I just sent you a new one. So sorry about this. And he did that. And yesterday I met him for lunch and he said, um, like a few, few hours later and said, okay, the customer emailed back and he would change the review. So this is how we need customer service in Germany, you know? Mm. Otherwise, you need to reach out to these people. And then he was just, oh, that was a mistake for Amazon. And I got a new one. It's amazing service. So thank you so much. Four great. or five staff, I don't know. And yeah, that's how we do that. That's really great. So then your that's service fine. could also, you also do that that service as well? Yeah, sure. Sure, we do that on a regular basis. But it's, you know, I can't promise you that it works, but this is what we do to um, change reviews or to mm. try and change reviews. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome. And I guess this last, my last main question for today is, I kind of feel like you just answered it, but can, it seems like it's harder to get positive feedback. It seems like you're saying than negative. I mean, it's true everywhere, you know, but you know, I, I guess you can't ask them or they seem like they only leave feedback when it's a problem, not when it's a good thing. It seems in, in the market. Yeah. Um, just like I said, there's, there's this conversation that has to happen. And a lot of people send out the emails anyways, but I would also suggest putting in a good design inlay, for example, a handbook of your product when there are a lot of questions about the product, how do I use this, it doesn't work, blah. And you put in a handbook that is very helpful. And at the end, you say, okay, it would be great if you left a review. Okay. 
you can do that. I'm not, you know, in Germany, it's just always a legal limbo. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, you know, when you're German, the legal limbo is much more serious than when you're from China or um, okay, you know, cool. the US because it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to bother. You know? God, <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, awesome. just like a kind of tip thing. Great. All right. So thank you so much for sharing. And maybe you can give some people some ideas about, about your services and how, how it works. Uh, with your, well, how do you say, Anita's. Anita's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So first off, if you uh, if you already have like a company that that sells in all kinds of markets, I would suggest you first of you get like a head of customer support for that, like an English one. Then you set up a FAQ and stuff like that. So there are questions that are answered, and then when you know if we come together and you hire us then I can, you know, introduce you to one of our girls that has access to that FAQ and also access, let's say, to this head of customer support. And that can have, like, a conversation when there are problems and things like that. All right. And um, we have a monthly fee that is separated to, let's say, you only want us to go to Amazon Germany. Then you say, no, I just want an entire Europe and... And it's a little bit more expensive. So the um, the monthly fee is a hundred euro for us to to be there twenty you know every twenty four hours to check emails on the weekends to um, have like a replacement ready for your own Inida when she goes on holiday or when she's sick. This is what the monthly fee is for. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Like with a regular VA when she's sick, you gotta do this stuff. And um, yeah. And then we bill by the message. So whenever we send out a message or we send out replacement or answer a bad review, we have like a, a system that we count these messages and then we'll bill them. You know, we'll just bill them at the end of the month and you pay us and then, you know, same thing happens again. Got it. Yeah. Got it. All right. This, is, this has been great. And then um, how can people find your, you and your, web, your business? So it's it's really you know it's easy it's called it's called Inida so e n i d a dot d e there you can find us and we've just applied like a new strategy with us we um, have a lot of people who want to work with us so you would have to apply to work with us because we're a very um, small team and we want high quality and we only want people who are serious and in, in with this with us in, for the long run. So we're a very fun team, by the way. <laughs> but nice. we just want want the people who are really interested in us. And yeah. also, if you're interested on our website, the first thing you'll probably see on the English part is um, the six must-knows about Germany. So I put in a little PDF what you should know about the German market before you even consider getting into it. This is probably a lot of things I already said, but in writing, that Got would it. be interesting. Uh, for some people, yeah, sure. and then just send us a message to hello at Inida or yeah anywhere on the website and on Facebook you can find us too facebook.com slash team Inida. Yeah, that's it. Okay, great. Just just put it in our show notes as always. Okay, and then this interview we did as a GFA VIP members call so what that means is members were invited it was a it was a trial so literally last minute but i got chris davy 
he's been on a podcast a couple times before you might know him and he was able to dial in and listen to the podcast live and then we got him in as uh able to ask questions and he got some personal help from Nadine even at the end. So I just want you guys to hear some of the highlights. We talked for about 20 minutes after. I don't want you guys to listen to all of it, but I did pick two or three parts of Chris's uh, engagement and questions. So I hope you guys can consider becoming a paid member of the forum of Global From Asia, gfavip.com, gfavip.com. And you can get in on these live recordings and questions and, and we get special preferences from the guests with you. So gfavip.com. And now for Chris Davey, who is dialing in. He has some great questions and we have some fun stuff. So let's listen in. One thing I find when selling in Germany as well, a lot of people comment on the reviews, which doesn't really happen in any of the other countries. So yeah. if somebody leaves like a one-star review, like there'll be other people that will come on the listing and start saying that person's an idiot or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've awesome. got one, one review, has got about 23 comments on it, which, which I think in most countries, I've, I've got no more than one on any review. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it is fun sometimes. There, I I just said to uh, Mike, there's the whole conversation um, happening in Germany. If you you know want to want to talk to customers, want to talk about uh, like products and how to get them, um, like how to improve them, and if they're um, people, for example, <laughs> that was a really bad example. Though there was a customer who just left a bad review. She didn't even buy the product. Um, no. And she just left a bad review saying, I think there are way too many, pro way too many product testers on this listing. I, I don't like the product. One star. And then other customers came on like, what the hell are you doing? This is <laughs> not me. You know, what the hell? This is not the point of a review. <laughs> you haven't even bought the product. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's kind of fun. So we got yeah. into... into <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing I was getting. Somebody said so, uh, the product sells an accessory, and somebody was basically saying, "Oh, they thought you include the main product," and then people were coming back and like the main product's like two hundred dollars. You thought you're going to pay like twenty dollars and get the main product? You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you get it. Uh, so, uh, but that that just doesn't happen in the other countries. Everyone just kind of ignores it. I think. Uh, I mean, I, I've done a lot of discussion about Amazon Germany people i don't i don't sell a lot in amazon germany but um one product i launched uh back in january i sent it i, I always um right from the beginning when i started amazon i always tried to do multiple marketplaces right at the beginning so i sent it to um the uk germany and the us expecting the us to be really great and actually it turned out germany was really great followed by the uk followed by the us so um <laughs> Good. What I, what I kept telling people that I met was, is like, hey, if you're only doing the US, then you're an idiot because like yeah. you might have, a, you think it's really bad and doesn't sell at all. But in Germany, it could be a really hot seller. So yeah. actually, if you're okay with it, uh, I'll use a couple of your, couple of your questions at the end of the show. Like uh, if you want about more comments on Amazon Germany uh, on feedback and probably the one I noted was if you're not selling, if you're not selling well in the U S uh, and you don't want to go international, you're an idiot, something like that. Yeah. I, I yeah. Like that yeah, yeah. 
I, I can hear you quite well on that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that, that one would be good, I think, for sure. <laughs> That's why I tell some people at my because people are like liquidating their stock and selling it and stuff like that. And they haven't even tried it in any of the other marketplaces. It's not that difficult to try it in some of the other marketplaces. When I, when I first launched my first product, I, I, la- I launched in the US and Japan. It was like, because like one of my Chinese friends told me Japan's good. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try and send some products to Japan. So, um, yeah, but I, th- I, I think Germany is really good because there's, I found anyway for my products is much lower competition, and that was why that was why I ended up doing so well with this product there. Because in the US, when my product launched, it was on like page seventeen or something like that, and in Germany, <laughs> it was on page one. So, <laughs> Chris, tell you what, um, would you would you mind to send me you know your product, and I'll just look over it if there's anything that you know um, catches my eye that you could improve, just yeah, because sure, I, no I want to help and yeah. Sure, no problem. Thank you so much, Nadine, for sharing, guys. Definitely reach out to her, send her a thank you. She's willing to help you out, give you a little bit of free advice, some free tips too, if you're if you're lucky enough, and uh, just support her. She's supporting the show, and we're all one big happy family. I am just really excited. Just had probably too much Slurpee at Seven Eleven. Got a little bit of a brain freeze here. It's uh, the weekend before July Fourth, but. It's just amazing. You know, I, I love what, what we're doing here and I, I love that it's growing and, you know, listening. And actually, you guys have been even emailing me, asking about upcoming shows. And I don't even look at downloads anymore, honestly. You know, I'm just trying to help you guys. And I think that's the key. So I hope I'm helpful. We have still so many, so many interviews already recorded and more people want to get on the show. The best way to support, really, I mean, to financially support is become a member. We have great members like Chris Thomas, if you're listening. I know you're a great supporter and, and many others. So I really appreciate all of you. And we're going to have more and more events around the world from meetups to summits to workshops. Um, seems like that's the best way to engage with you guys and kind of like give back and make make some money with this, with what we do. So have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.